We're back, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Dylan Waltz podcast. It's been a long time. Oh, I thought we were like just gonna sing the whole podcast. No, like it was a musical. No, no, not yeah. not at all. But yeah, we're back after. Or I'm back after probably six or seven weeks off, um, unintentional. But uh, the, this podcast is really. Uh, it's like a not a manifestation, but a um, like it, it's it, wherever the podcast is at is usually where I'm at in life. <laughs> so if I'm not putting episodes out, it's for a very good reason because I'm kind of processing or going through some stuff myself. So being in Taiwan, uh, I was in Taiwan for three weeks, about probably coming on three weeks ago, uh, and just before then I was in, I was like pumping out episodes and really really stoked, and I've had a, a lot of learning and a lot of reflection and realizations over these last weeks that I'm excited to share and to kind of update people on what's happening with the podcast because I do still get people telling me that I, could, I should continue with the podcast because they get so much value out of it so I'm back but in a different light and with a different in, intention which is the original intention which is just to uh, empower and have good conversations and uh make people feel good about themselves yeah but what what have you what have we been up to since i got back um i was i was just reflecting on when you were saying that about yeah like how you said you're gonna share what you what you learned when you're away and that i always get like a little bit nervous when it's like near you coming back from a trip like that because i'm like Oh God! Like, what's he gonna have learned this time? Like, uh, you know, like when you finish Vipassana and you come home and you're like, mm. "Yeah, I'm gonna meditate for two hours every morning and every night," and I'm just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think it it amazes me that you do that. There is still more to learn, and I mm. mean, that's like sounds silly once I've actually said it, but you always seem to come back from these trips with like massive growth, and it's mm. so amazing. And I think it's really cool that you know to put yourself in those situations because you mm. know that yeah so much well, I don't I don't really know I just do them and then that stuff happens <laughs> but yeah should we just quickly take a, a, a quick breath so for those who are listening um just if you can close your eyes relax and just come into the present moment listen to all the sounds around you just notice your breath as it goes in and then out. Feeling calm and relaxed. And all together, let's take one big, beautiful, juicy breath in. And let it out. And uh, Rosalie, you can update everyone on what you've been up to whilst I pour some tea. Okay. Um, well, while Dylan was away, I moved in with my parents just to um, have that bit of extra support. And I was a little apprehensive about it because um, I sometimes don't get along amazingly with them. But it's actually been so good and I'm really, really grateful to have, um, yeah, to just have them around all the time and their support and my brothers as well. Everyone's just been, yeah, just so helpful with Fern, even if it's just like chilling with her for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, I can get a lot done in that time and I'm so grateful yeah. for it. And mum's been taking Fern for walks, um, uh, like a big walk up around the park maybe like once a week uh in the morning and that's been so nice once I even like hopped back into bed and went back to sleep till 10 o'clock so it was just like mm. unheard of and what's <laughs> what, how would you explain what, what's Fern up to at the moment um she's just gotten like real onto it yeah, yeah her personality's coming through eh? yeah she's pretty straight up like she doesn't like cuddles or kisses <laughs> she's just kind of this real individual and kind of like playing with herself sometimes and exploring and she's like real grabby just puts everything in her mouth and if you tried to kiss her too much she'll sort of just like slap you out of the way she's like get off yeah 
but she's also like trying to figure everything out like she watches and she sees everything Mm. and is like yeah like a real quick learner like yeah 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 so she's not she's still on her back and she's not crawling or basically rolling but her her, she's got a really big head so her mind is really developed but her body's sort of kind of lagging behind and we realized that when um rosie was having a smoothie and she just grabbed the smoothie (laughs) off her and started sucking out of the straw we just don't know how she even figured that out just from watching so it's pretty crazy uh yeah and so currently and i'll explain it as i get further into it i'm i've had an interview for a more consistent job and waiting to hear from that either today or tomorrow um and i'll get into that a bit more it's in conservation so super excited for that and feels really really good uh, but yeah, I needed to have a bit of a break from the podcast because as I'll get into it, I kind of reflected and realized I was doing it for all the wrong reasons and all this kind of like real dramatic um, first world problem stuff. <laughs> uh, but I thought I would explain kind of why why I went to Taiwan and kind of what my reason for it was. So mm-hmm. I mean, as you all probably know, I do, we drink a lot. Of, I drink a lot of tea every single day. It's my practice, my morning practice. And there's a tea hut in Taiwan, in Miaoli, Taiwan, called Tea Sage Hut. And you can sign up and go for these 10-day courses where you spend 10 days drinking tea, meditating, eating amazing food without your phone and learning about tea. And I guess my intention for going over there was almost probably a break in a way. Um to have a bit of time away from each other. So Rosie and I really believe in having a bit of time away from each other. Um, and also travel to me is something where, you, where you get, you're taken away from all your comforts, all your norms and your securities, and you're left to face the world by yourself. So there's a lot of growth in that. But yeah, I just really wanted to learn about tea. I wanted to go eat some food, and I wanted to go explore the mountains of Taiwan. So my intention for it was, like most things, just uh, having fun. And I think I'll just touch on it real quickly. The thing with tea is that it's a practice that you do to um, help you to remember who you are, which is essentially you're a manifestation of nature or, you know, you're just, you're an animal and you're part of the world, um, just like a tree or um, an insect or a piece of grass is part of the world. You are the same thing. So it reminds you of that. It humbles you of your place in this world and what, is important so what's important is to be healthy and to um, connect with your family and it's just a real simple thing so I was really excited to kind of cultivate that and learn about more, more about that when I went over uh, and a couple of things happened before I went away so was it this year I did a retreat yeah it was yeah <laughs> so this year um, and basically for the last few years I've been trying to cultivate uh, sort of a brand or um, an identity around myself that I'm sort of like a mindfulness practitioner. I can help people with their purpose and uh, connect people and like be a coach. So I was doing coaching. I was doing one-on-one coaching. I hosted a retreat. So I was really in the space of, you know, like the millennial person who should... Um, grab onto everything and uh like you only live once um you are unique and important and you should do everything you can to like save the world and change your world and express yourselves and um value what you do and basically like this created this idea of freedom where you're kind of like your own boss and you're doing all this stuff like retreats and everything and just before I went away, you, uh, if you remember Toby was on the podcast like a few episodes ago, uh, him and I did a one day silent and tea meditation type thing. And during that retreat or that day, I did, led a guided meditation. And it wasn't until a few days after that, Toby, and I, I went to Toby and talked to him and I was like, what do you think? He was like, uh, it was great, but you know, I've been doing meditation for years and years and I would never, ever lead a guided meditation. I was like, what are you talking about? And he reflected on that. The time he spent in temples and, you know, meditation and monasteries and all stuff is like, 
people who've been training for 10 to 15 years don't even open their mouth they just they're, they're students they're always learning and yet they're not ready to even share that then yet and so i was kind of like really knocked off my horse of um having a brand and like being on social media and trying to be known for doing something that's different and bigger and so that kind of happened just before i left um do we were you aware of that like do you remember that when that happened yeah <laughs> what was your view very distinct it was i was like quite upset actually. yeah you no, you were super upset but it was a real like kick in the gut view mm. i think because but like i said to you at the time you know whenever you like you put yourself out there doing something like that when you share something and you know you're always just doing your best but sort of be told that like in simple terms like it wasn't good or you're not ready is like real yeah I can imagine it would be very hard to hear so yeah it was understandable yeah and then I think it was it wasn't a bit too much longer and then I went to Taiwan and um yeah, yeah for three weeks and I was kind of in the space of feeling feeling kind of silly of what I, what I've been trying to do like the mm. thinking that I can hold retreats and do guided meditations once a week on my podcast like who am I I don't know any of this stuff um and I'll get into that like later but uh also as well before I went away uh my my job was like was changing so the work I do with organic mechanic was gonna sort of basically like get trimmed way back and be a lot less um time and financial like income and so i was i kind of left with this thing of like okay my job is ending almost and this thing that i've been doing for the last two years is stupid (laughs) who do i think (laughs) i am and still not making money because that had been your goal for a while yeah yeah i really wanted to be making money to make money out of your brand like not necessarily from the podcast because you were big on like keeping ads out of that and Mm. keeping that free content but yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, you've said a lot that, like, that's what you've been working towards. So, yeah, yeah for that to still not have happened mm. and everything else, yeah. Yeah, so it, I didn't even realize it, but now reflecting back on it, I went to Taiwan pretty open and raw. Uh, and so I flew there, and one of the most, like, Taiwan is one of the most beautiful places I've been. Just, I mean, the cities aren't very nice or special, but when you go into the mountains, they're just so ridiculous there's this huge soaring misty tree topped mountains everywhere and there's like monkeys and birds and stuff it's really really beautiful but uh i basically got there and the first thing i did was i arrived i spent a night in taipei and then i went to this gorge called taroko gorge which is which is beautiful and i was in a tent I, I was in a, in a campsite I had my tent which was I was completely by myself and up around me was soaring these beautiful like walls of rocky cliffs and mountains that just went kind of stacked up behind each other off into the distance as it and you, until you couldn't see it because of the mist and there was trees hanging off the sides of them and, and the river was like the most amazing yeah there was just a beautiful river right below me just gushing so yeah, I basically I'd sat sat down uh, in this beautiful scenery with um, everything going on around me, just like drinking this tea, and I was overcome by this desire to want to take a picture of what I was doing. And I kind of sat with it, and I was like, "Why do I? Why do we have to take pictures of everything?" Um, and then it wasn't until the next day I did another walk down the gorge by myself to this like beautiful waterfall along, right along the gorge next to the water. And again, the whole time I was just overcome with the des- this desire to take photos of everything. And when I, when I looked at it, I realized I wanted to take photos so I could then share, share them with people and show that I'd been in this amazing place. And it kind of, I started reflecting on why we like live in this world now where you feel like you need to share something and always be on your phone. And it made me realize is that because it's we've gone to the place where we define our sense of self on the things that we do and the places that we go rather than the person of who we are so by having a phone that instantly gratifies this feeling and and consistently is feeding that fire of being acknowledged 
um, of the external things you do, like the pictures you take, the people you know, um, the places you go, the things you do. It's cons- it's constantly cementing the sense of identity around the external things in your life. Um, and so when you when you go onto your phone, you're like jumping into this this vastness of um, like quick hits and identification with it and distraction. And the more you distract yourself, what you're dist- what what's distracting you from is presence to be present and from being with yourself and it may, I, I keep thinking that because this was like an ancient place i keep thinking back in the day people didn't have phones and stuff all they had was memories they had memories of places and i thought why can't we just be happy with remembering experience that we have rather than living through our phones and feeling like we need to share that and constantly cement our ego and that and so at the start of the trip i was sharing like crazy <laughs> and then i stopped I mean, like, like cold turkey, I just stopped using my phone. Yeah, I literally had a few people be like, is Dylan okay? He was like putting so much on Instagram and now it's been like yeah. two weeks and we haven't yeah. heard anything. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, am I am I in this gorge because I want to take photos and show people how cool I am that I'm traveling in Taiwan and stuff? But I was like, what if I just had the experiences <laughs> and the experiences was, was, was all that I had? Mm. And and that's that was kind of the beginning and opened up the space where I could really just be with myself. Mm. Um, and I also started to reflect on that so much of my time was spent. <laughs> that's Fern doing a bit. <laughs> so much of my time was spent externally creating content and doing meditations and retreats and photos that were outside myself. So my identity was outside of myself. Mm. And that was where I was getting validation from. Mm-hmm. But that is that is inevitably like, so weak and frail and fake and so i i came like close like really close into contact with this and i'm just going to read a uh, uh an entry from my journal so this is uh it was my last day in the gorge after i did this big hike and uh i went in just before i was going to catch the bus i decided that i would go again to a beautiful spot and drink some tea so uh this is me reading now i had a quick snooze and made a plan I would pack up, head on to the Lushi Trail and drink tea. On the way up the trail, I felt quite empty and deflated. My gut told me to keep going as the perfect spot would appear. And it did. Just off the trail was a small clearing with a flat rock for my teapot and a smaller one for its lid. As I sat heating the water, people wandered past me as I listened to the roaring river and other small sounds like leaves dropping showing me the forest was alive. By the second bowl of thick creamy show I was back. Life is so simple, just be. Thoughts about doing what truly fills me with love and trusting that with time the path will unfold and that I don't need to make money from these things. Just enjoy them as they are. The rest will follow. It always does. I feel very peaceful when I feel like I don't need to be sharing all the time. I just want to be outside, drink tea, run, swim, eat, adventure and be with my family. Somewhere in this money needs to come in so I can comfortably support my family. And it will. Maybe this thing with CV and Z is a sign. And so that's... <laughs> that was beautiful. And that's funny because that's, I, that's the, where I've applied for a job. And this was in... Uh, how long ago was Months this? Ago, the 17th of February, which was yeah. Yeah, like a month and a half ago. So it was, it was in my consciousness at that time. Wow. Uh, and then basically after that trip was me going straight on to the hut hold on can i quickly ask something sure um you know that point of like how you don't like you were talking about millennials before and kind of about our generation and i do feel like one of those things is like chasing your passion and trying to make money from it but are you saying you kind of feel like it's a bit of a trap or do you think it works for some people and just not for you or what do you think about that Mm, i would say that that path is made out to be something that it's not and that it's fraught with uh traps and not traps um it's fraught with things that you have to face along the way and those things are impossible to not to not have so 
as soon as you're trying to put yourself up there, you're dealing with your ego. You're creating content outside of yourself and mm. you're relying on that for your own satisfaction. So that involves putting pictures on Instagram, getting likes, yeah, all this stuff yeah. is external and it's never going to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so you can either be, you accept that and realize that that is what it is and you can be fine with that. Yeah. Or like me, you can realize that actually you don't want to do that and uh, bringing up the thought of like, what if no one had any fucking idea who I was <laughs> and I just, I just was like with my family. Yeah. You know, just entertaining that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Thanks. So after that time in nature, drinking tea, having that experience, I arrived at uh, the hut and the thing with this is that you went into this place and you were completely looked after. So my phone was taken off me. Um, food was made for you. You were told when to meditate. And we jumped into this this practice and this lineage that is tens of thousands of years old. Um, and that kind of on top of me being like, oh, what I'm sharing all this stuff. Why do I want to share? It was like, fuck, I don't know anything. Me thinking that I can share tea and meditation practices that have been built up for thousands and thousands of years. And our teacher um, has been learning it for 30 years and is only just now sharing it. That was kind of like another little piece of the puzzle that came in. You can ask a question? No, I was just, just getting ready. <laughs> oh, what, what are you going to say? No, no, you carry on. Yeah, and so I was in this place where I was being humbled by so much knowledge and like practices and I couldn't I couldn't escape it. I couldn't go to my phone. And another thing as well is on top of that. So basically the pra- what would happen at the heart is we'd wake up at 6.30, would have meditation at 7.30, would meditate for an hour, do some chanting, have breakfast, and then there'd be a tea ceremony and then we'd do service for a few hours and then we would have a rest meditate chant have a discourse and then go to bed that was pretty much that with variations on the type of tea we're having what we'd learn about tea uh but and you like you thrive off that way of living eh? yeah i do (laughs) and so everything there was set up for um devotion to like your higher self whatever that looks like to god um just a better version of yourself um there was altars everywhere so you're constantly seeing the divine, which again can be anything. It could just be the nature. Um, we were given healthy food, no dinner. Um, so it was like perfect. And when drinking tea all the time, it was like perfect for cultivating um, the kind of scary job of look going inside. Mm. And on the first night of the discourse, it was about this concept called um, a soji or soji, which is a Japanese thing where every year, uh, Japanese people will do a spring cleaning. They'll take everything out of the house and clean everything and then look at all the things they have and get rid of the things that they don't need anymore. Mm. But it's also a it's a mind purification process. So on the uh, on the 10 days there, we were asked to take everything out of the, the house of our mind and reflect on it. So our patterns, our beliefs, our perspectives, our thoughts... Um, who we think we are, what we identify with. And to take them out, clean clean all the cracks, like clean all the spoons, all the little like cobwebs, like all the corners, get everything out and look at it and say, is this serving me? Mm, amazing. Um, which was really crazy. And then I think it was on the second, yeah, on the second day we had this tea ceremony, which everything kind of like just came out in one big wave uh for you yeah like a big tidal wave of emotions and so i ended up kind of like crying in that tea ceremony and realizing which is like unheard of yeah yeah (laughs) which is which is like a lot which was a lot of stuff so i actually have um another passage from my journal which i'll read starting now today we meditated then had a tea ceremony where a lot came up that i that I even feel weird reflecting on. Was it the true me? It came from this feeling that I feel so pressured to be known, to be doing something unique, something different. But I realized in my heart that I don't actually want this. 
It is all ego identification based. I feel so emotionally drawn to being in the bush, working in conservation as a dock ranger, being able to fully support my family and my practice without trying to be someone, because this isn't me. Simplicity brings me joy. Why am I really trying to be known? I feel felt today that my heart is working in the bush and letting go of the fact that you are only somebody if you are creating and being an influencer. I don't want this. I really don't care. I want to do work outside and not worry about money and have the resources to have a beautiful tea and meditation space and look after my family. I don't need to be known. So I will sit with this for a bit longer, but I honestly believe this was truth and my true essence coming through. Let's see. Uh, yeah, end of end of passage. <laughs> um, and this so, yeah. is like a huge revelation for you and like the way you described it to me was just like that message just like couldn't have been clearer and mm. was like in that moment it was like the truth like for yeah you. yeah and then as i as i kind of like reflected on at the end of that passage i, I knew that there would be a time where i would look back on the bill like, oh no it was just stupid like, mm. that was just me mm. being emotional but yeah like i said the thing is with tea and i want to i'll talk about it for a bit is that it's very detoxifying um, and it's why I'm constantly trying to get people to drink tea. Like I really believe in the practice. It brings out. You mean physically? Yeah, physically it and detoxifies you, and then mentally it's mm. detoxifying. So it brings. I it don't cuts. think I actually knew that about it. Yeah, what mentally or physically? But either. Both. Yeah, yeah, it's super. Like sometimes you have tea, and it'll just like make you need to go poo because it's just like <laughs> just like clears you out. Mm-hmm. So. Uh. Yeah, that was that was kind of just happened at the start of the thing, and I didn't have my phone, so I was in this perfect environment to clearly just be reflecting on mm. what I wanted to do. Um, and then, and I think like the reason why that was big, like just like one point from my perspective is with your podcast and your brand, you would just. You would often say like, "Oh, it's not going anywhere. Like, it's still not big enough." And I'd, I remember saying to you like, "You're crazy. Like, you've got so many listeners. Like, or like even besides that, I know there's a lot of people who you know take the time to actually send your message and mm. say how much they enjoy your podcast and get out of it. So mm. like, to me, like in my eyes, that was success. But for you, it was never enough, and you just mm. had this like." really yeah I don't even know like what your end goal was or it was probably like never achievable for you and that's why it was so cool for you to realize that Mm. that you would just never get there if you kept doing that and never like fulfill yourself yeah well it's like that simple cliche thing where it comes down to finding satisfaction and external things like so how many followers you had on instagram or how Mm. many listeners you had Mm. and so i noticed that after i changed the name of the podcast i was getting way less listens and i was like oh fuck i'm Uh, just you know like i've lost it yeah uh and that's that was getting to me yeah um and i would constantly go through places where i was really believed in it and i was like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen i'm gonna make it happen Mm. uh and another thing as well is that i would I realized that this, I don't know if you kind of got it from what I, what I read, but as I was like sharing things that are really sacred. So I was sharing meditation and sharing tea. And as soon as you share these things, you lose out on your own personal practice. Uh, and so I, I was like identifying myself as someone who was like mindful or uh, wise enough to share these things and help people. But as soon as you do that, then you lose from them. Because you're mm. you're identifying yourself with them, and I had I realized that I don't mm. you don't as soon as you learn something like meditation or tea or singing bowls or cacao or yoga or anything, it's so people jump on straight away like that because you have a profound experiences with something. The uh, the old like it's always that people respond straight away is that they ne- they need to start doing it and sharing it with someone they need to be a master of it they need to start being one who is helping others to have this experience but you can like understand the excitement behind that like if you found something that's like massively changed your Mm. life a practice yeah that you want to share that with others yeah but but what happens and what happened with me is thinking that you're in a place to share and guide other people in practices that take tens of years to learn you know most teachers um of meditation or 
yoga or tea traditionally would have learned um, would have had a teacher for 20 or 30 years before they were given um, they were given uh, transmission mm-hmm. which is like that means you can start sharing mm-hmm. and now we live in this world where someone will go on a a 200 hour yoga thing and then become a yoga teacher because they had an experience but there's only there's some lessons and a deep fundamental understanding that exists within your core of your being and your hair and your skin and your breath and your heart that can be only gained through time Mm. and that's years and years and years of experience so I feel uncomfortable that I thought I could share meditation and stuff and mm-hmm. that it's so prevalent that people create identities and jobs around being life coaches and healers and yoga teachers and cacao ceremony people and singing drum, whatever the fuck they're called, singing bowls <laughs> practitioners without, f- you, you know, you don't, you, you don't, you you can't be a tea ceremony, cacao drum singing energy crystal bowl healer within two weeks and do all of those things you're either committed to one practice and you learn that for a long time before you start ready to sharing it and that's what i'm saying about when i came into this world of tea and being in a place dedicated to this to people who have been studying it for a long time i was like i don't know anything this is what hit you yeah yeah why i was i was embarrassed why am i sharing the stuff that i don't even know anything about uh and then I think, yeah, that's, it's like they're a little bit embarrassing, like creating this identity around thinking that you know stuff that you really don't. Uh, but now I kind of want to share um, some of the reflections of and some core things that we were taught on the discourses. Um, so each night we'll sit down and have a discourse. And I got reminded of there's the three kings or the three truths of reality, the three fundamentals of life. The first one is a nature. So that's impermanence that everything is always changing. Um, it's a nature of reality. So stuff is arising, passing away. Everything dies. Everything is destroyed. Uh, dukkha. There's no satisfaction. Life is suffering. So that sounds really negative and intense, but it's, yeah. bas- it's basically the one that you're constantly living in a place of trying to satisfy your desires and that inevitably in itself is suffering. Uh, and then, and last one is anatta, which is delusion that you can control and change reality. So you're, uh, um, yeah, that you, that you have any ability over um, controlling what happens to you and the life lessons and everything that are brought to you. Mm. And so the reason why these are important is because we in the social media world of being influenced and stuff, we're trying to create a world that suits our vision rather than trying to create a vision that suits our, suits the world. So understanding these three Kings that nothing is permanent, um, uh, and that everything is suffering. Um, then you can create a vision that suits the world. Does that make sense? How does the everything is suffering one help? So, if you are living in this world that you, where you think you're the center of the world, center of center of the universe, and everything from buying stuff to uh, satisfying your hunger to sexual desires, all of those things, you're gonna you're gonna be hungry, and then you're gonna eat. And then you're going to be hungry again. Or if you're really sexually, uh, have lots of sexual desire, you'll have that sexual desire, you'll fulfill it, and then you'll feel shit about it. Um, if you buy stuff, you're going to buy something, you'll get it, and then you'll be back. Um, and then it's also, so there is suffering as well. There's like pain, um, there's emotional suffering, and then there's a the suffering of the fact that good things will pass as well. So when you're attached to good things, they too will pass yeah and what was your question again i was saying like what's the benefit of having that mindset because yeah it seems like too negative for my liking the benefit to what of keeping that in mind of 
Okay, so the benefit is it comes down to being of service. So back, we live in a Western world which is very much about individuality and that you're the most important thing. So mm-hmm. you should always, your health should be the most important thing. You should, have the, you should um, be getting enough sleep. You should be always making sure that you're number one mm-hmm. all the time. And that manifests in like, yeah, looking after yourself and then, but then also just being greedy and consuming too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that my friend described it, it was like that when you satisfy these desires, it's like the, it's like the steam coming off a cup of tea. It's there. The satisfaction is there for a moment and then it just dissipates and disappears. Mm. And you need to understand this because real satisfaction fulfillment comes from being of service for the fact of just being of service not for anything else not to gain anything um and so we're constantly trying to pull we, we want to grasp onto good sensations so eating sleeping having sex um and then pushing away bad experiences so emotional emotionally bad experiences pain and you're, if you're constantly pushing away bad stuff and grasping onto uh good stuff forgetting that everything is changing everything is impermanent you're always going to be in a state of suffering not in a level of like oh i'm suffering but just a constant mm. underlying low level of suffering and okay understanding that is realizing that for example having like a if you're constantly if you're trying to make yourself into a brand and have a business that's about yourself you're constantly relying on outside external stuff like likes and numbers and people listen to your podcast which are external and always changing always fluctuating and trying to put a flag into that is impossible because it's always going to change so your where your real root should come from is to be of service uh to people and to the planet not wanting anything back from it apart from the satisfaction of giving service for the sake of giving service Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah and I promise this will make sense eventually. There was <laughs> things that we were then told would fully um, cultivate. Like how, how do you like, how then understanding those things, like can you be happy? How, what do you do to cultivate mm. these things in your life? Mm-hmm. And so there's five things. Number one is prayer or honoring something that is bigger than you. So at the center, there was a big, there was altars everywhere, everywhere, and there was Buddhas everywhere. And every morning and night at meditation, I would bow and put my head on the earth, my forehead on the ground, and bow down to the statue. And to me, I was bowing down to nature and my own insignificant existence in this world. And by doing that, you're acknowledging that you're small, but also that there's a higher self to you, that you're part of something bigger. Like the way you would describe it is that you were a wave in an ocean. So the wave can't exist without the ocean, but it's still there. It still exists. Uh, number two is meditation. So having a daily meditation practice. Um, and the way it describes is that it's impossible to navigate um, the circus of the mundane, like the mundanity of life, like the craziness of life. If you don't have a practice where you're sitting and being still and observing everything, it's impossible to live in this, like the circus of the world that we live in now. Um, number three is surrounding yourself with the writings and uh, teachings of wise people. So having books around your house of like from the Buddha or from teachers or watching YouTube videos of people who are wiser than you. Number four is being of service. Um, and then number five is moral conduct, so basically not being a dick. And then there is five things you don't do. So no self-limiting stories, no uncontrolled for thought, no comfort seeking. So like the same thing, if you're seeking comfort, it's always going to pass. Um, and then no fixed opinions. So don't just have, don't have like a closed mindset. Always have an open mind around people and yourself. And then lastly is, um, yeah, no big deal me. So you're not the most important thing in the world. This makes your dramas like way smaller. And also you won't be worried about death. So like 
the way that's understood is that like today is a good day to die. Mm. Those are really helpful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could go on to ages, but I'm like aware <laughs> of not just repeating all this stuff that, um, from my journal. But no, those are good to share though. Mm. And so I'd kind of come into this. I had this experience with that team meditation. I was learning all this stuff, learning about service, learning about um, being humbled. Uh, and the thing that I took away from the end is, is that you can like have these experiences in life. You can travel, you can do a Vipassana, you can do 10 days at a team meditation center. But uh, the thing that Woda said at the end uh, was that if nothing changes, then nothing changes. So you can listen to my podcast as much as you want. You can listen to other people's podcasts. You can go to workshops and events and um, talk and have all these conversations. But if you're not changing anything in your life, then nothing's ever going to change. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. And I was left with this fundamental understanding of like what I what I need in life. And what I need is a space to do all of those five things that I had said. So dedicating your home or your space to making meditation and de um, devotion easy. So there's like books everywhere that you love. There's an altar with a Buddha on it that you like you have rice and tea and water that you change every day, like honoring the divine, honoring the higher power. Um, you have a you have a meditation cushion where you only meditate. You, you When you walk through the door, you see it and you're like, oh, I'm going to meditate. Um, you're being of service uh, and yeah you spend time being just a nice person so it's not happening at the moment because we're living at your parents house but I'm I'm still I know what I'm going to create when we have our own house Yeah. and that it's going to be a house that is like you walk into and it's it's designed for self-cultivation and it's designed for you to see why you should be of service and why you should spend time um, being in devotion and meditating. Mm. Uh, you excited about that? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. I think, and another thing I want to touch on as well when it, when it comes to service, I was kind of reflecting on the, I was like, man, I'm never of service. Um, I don't, I don't go serve food and I like, and like old people's homes or, I don't uh, go help the homeless or I don't work at like a pet shelter. But you need to remember that service is, that's not what service means. Service is putting yourself second essentially in all aspects. And it comes up in way, like doing things like that, it is, it is ego identifying as well. You know, like, oh, I like help, blah, blah, blah. But like to me, um, being of service is like getting someone a bowl of food, even if you're starving. Um, uh, helping someone out with something, even if you're tired and you want to go to bed. Mm. It's like all that stuff where we constantly put our own selfish desires first. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm tired. I'm so hungry. I can't help you right now. Or, oh, sorry, I'm in a rush. I can't mm. help you. And so it's, it's being of service is a shift of mentality. It's not, a, it's not the actions itself. It's like when... Because like I said, when you're constantly fulfilling your desires, which come up all the time, you're like, oh, I need to go to the toilet. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to go for a run. I need to hang out with this person. I don't want to hang out with this person. You're constantly, those are your desires and you're constantly just fulfilling them all day. Oh, I want to have a wank. Like, you're just constantly, and you get satisfied for a bit and then it's gone. And then you're just like back again. And that's the, that's dukkha. That's the wheel of suffering. It's just constantly round and round and round. And then when you go... Like, for example, it's 6 a.m. in the morning and I'm like passed out and Rosie's like, can you take Fern to the toilet? And I could be like, well, no, I'm sleeping. I need my sleep. I need a sleep so I can exercise and be happy. But putting that aside and being like, okay, Rosie needs me right now. Stop being so selfish. Get up and help. Um, that's a perfect example of being of service. Mm. And then be, um, and then another way I cultivate that is like if people are around, I offer to serve tea. And so being in service in that way, um, just small things. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I think, I don't think I heard you 
share that part. Yeah, I really like that perspective of mm. changing that definition of what service means. But I'd also say that your podcast is service. Yeah, as well. That's why I feel like... But that's like, like, yeah, obviously a big thing. Whereas, yeah, it's nice how you explain how to just bring it into your everyday. Mm. I, well. mean, I, I mean, I can explain, like, if I have all the experience, why am I still doing the podcast? Um, and it's because I realized that I'm going to let go of this idea f- that this podcast needs to be the thing that sustains me and brings me in money and it's constantly me trying to figure out ways to um, get more people listening. I'm just going to do it for the reason why I started it, which is just because I care and I want to mm. and to be of service and whatever happens with it will be. But I'm going to have this job where I don't need to worry about where money is coming from. I'm doing something that I have purpose of. And then on the side, I'm going to continue to do this um, purposeful thing, which is having these conversations and inspiring people. Mm. But then I'm just a little bit confused about with sharing tea because you were saying on one hand that it's like an ancient wisdom that you should practice for at least 20 years before sharing. But then you also feel like it's service. So that's why you do want to keep sharing it. Yeah. So basically, at the heart, what you, what they always, the first thing they say to you is that you're not here to learn how to um, about tea. You're here to learn about how to serve tea. And the difference is, is that if I put myself out saying everyone come like fifty dollars for like a tea session, um, and I'll start talking about tea and stuff. Mm. Basically, the place I'm coming from, from, is that I'm happy for to sit down with family friends and people and to serve tea in silence drink the tea honor the plant medicine and then nothing else like i'm not gonna say or pretend i know about tea Mm. i'm purely gonna be um a vessel for the tea to be served through which is to help people cultivate peace in their own mind um, and I'm lucky enough to have experience that I can do that in a way that can cultivate that. Yeah. But I'm not going to like go start charging for tea or cool. um, making myself out to be a tea guru. Yeah, that's I'm totally doing it simply sense. for giving the people the experience of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think just real quickly as well, another thing I learned. Uh, so yeah, I, anyway, so I had the experience of the hut, left the hut. Um, and I was like leaving the womb, you know, it was <laughs> <clears throat> pretty scary. Had my phone back, was out in the world again um, with all like the suffering and the death and the dirtiness and the smelliness and um, impossible to find vegan food. So I went back to ate, eating rice <laughs> and steamed buns. Sound like you were going to say meat. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I spent a couple more days in Taiwan and... Um, had a really beautiful experience. One of my goals was to drink tea with a random person. I mean, this lady on this hill started chatting and we drank tea on the top of this mountain overlooking a lake. Um, and to me, that is what tea is. That's tea right there. Is the sharing, um, sitting down with a stranger, someone you don't know who doesn't really speak English, and sharing a bowl of two in silence. Um, and if, if that can be an example... Um, and a non-verbal communication of everything that I'm trying to explain in this podcast, that would be it, that experience, Mm. that beauty of that, the simplicity of that, the mundaneness of hot water, teas, uh, some tea in a bowl with a stranger um, in nature. I mean, that's like the essence. That's, that's, there's no words to put to it, but that's what's special. Uh, and I came back and, yeah, basically for the last little while, been <clears throat> processing all this, uh, m- bringing into place a job that can support me, you, and Fern. And, yeah, been doing some podcast conversations with people that just came up and have been really cool and I'm excited to share those. Uh, but, yeah, I just really want this platform to be free from any stickiness or... Uh, feeling it being away from the intention of what it's meant to be which is a platform to share stories that will hopefully inspire you and empower you to be a bit more fulfilled or a bit more purposeful or like just a tiny bit happier and realizing that that all that stuff is so simple 
It's so simple. Like I'm not magic at all. It's just have clean water, uh, sleep well, drink, uh, eat good food, exercise and meditate and like have some, have some community and good friends and all that goodness. Easy. So the podcast continues. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. You're but, not uh, moving to the platform where you have to pay. No, but um, <laughs> if you use the offer code Dylan at MeUndies, you will get 20% off. <laughs> no, jokes. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, is there any, any do, we think about, do you feel like we covered everything? Yes, Fern. <laughs> She's smiling. Yeah, I think that was a great little recap of your trip. Mm, cool. Oh, another thing I want to touch on is real well is the importance of like cleanliness and hygiene. And so I... Okay, this is like a life-changing thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make it really quick. I'll make it quick because <laughs> I know we've been going for a little while. But I, I, I'm, on, I'm of the mind that um, you don't need a shower and it doesn't really matter what clothes you wear or how you look because it's more natural and it's more being in touch with um, nature. And, and why would you waste money on clothes yeah why would you waste money on clothes why would you shower all the time and like get all the good bacteria off your body Mm. um but i really realized because they they say that 80 percent of char dao or tea um the way of tea is cleaning so when you serve tea you clean the bowl you clean everything before you start you clean the bowls during the ceremony you clean the bowls after and you clear everything away ready for the next tea session and also a big part of serving tea is the way you look. You're part of the chashi or the tea, the tea setup, the tea stage, which is what chashi means. And so you always focus on how you look, the clothes you're wearing, how your hair looks, you know, like what's on your face. And I realized that hygiene and cleanliness are a way that you respect others around you and you respect yourself. And by doing that, you feel more confident and more settled in yourself and you respect the people around you by the way you look and... Which is a big change for me. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anything else? I don't think Wind so. Wind it up. Oh, I've also um. I have, if you haven't if you've been if anyone's messaged me on Instagram, I've actually deleted the app off my phone for a bit. Probably get back on it eventually, but with a different. Maybe I'll pay you to do my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. Have fun in life. Fun is the most important thing. Have fun. Don't be a dick. Uh, meditate every day eat good food life's simple yeah cool thank you for listening kaki te anu I'll share with you